out of your seats and put your hands together. It's time to rock and to roll. This is the Amazingly Pop Show! Recently arrived from the dark side of the moon, your host, Jay hat and the man who is capable of wielding a green lantern ring if you can only keep his hands out of his pants longer than five minutes, Jazzy Jeff! This is the Amazingly Pulp Show, episode four, uh, tentatively, tentatively titled "Just Winging It." <laughs> Just winging it. That's the way we do it here. Episode four, Quattro for the people speaking Spanish at home. <laughs> Our show is uh, entirely off of a uh, cocktail napkin, and we're just gonna <laughs> we're just gonna lock and load. Um, just came back from the movie, which we'll get into here soon. Green Lantern. Uh, and we'll catch up on all that. Uh, what you need to know, what you don't need to know. Ooh, we, got, we got sound effects today. <laughs> we do, and they're working good. They're ours. <laughs> um, yeah, so we're back. This is the uh, Amazingly Pulp Show episode four, so uh, we're happy to be doing a fourth episode. Uh, we made it past the third. I thought that, I thought that was going to be our last. Yeah. That was going to be the end of the trilogy, so yeah. um, luckily we are back. Um, did you have a good week, Jazzy? You know, I did. I did. I, uh, I got to see the sun it turns out it's very bright it was very bright this weekend uh i got to play in a little little a little tournament we have over at the amazingly pulp show our little softball tournament and it was it was good it was a lot of great uh a lot of great times with people out there uh how about yourself there uh jay hat well let me ask you real quick did you, did you get a home run at all you know what i came close i almost hit it out of the infield twice yeah <laughs> the infield Was something like that? Yeah, that's what I did every time I went up to first base. I heard you uh, uh, assaulted a girl there. Well, I don't think it's an assault with balls, but it was, it was, it was a rage. I, I, uh, I, she was in the way of the catcher, man. That's not my fault. Was she? Uh... Well, let's not start sucking each other's dicks quite yet. <laughs> that's what I said to her right afterwards when she laid on the ground. She was safe. <laughs> Um, yeah, well, that's cool. I mean, it's always nice to go to a game and, and, um, have some sort of dramatic event happening, happen, happening, the happening. Of course, of course. Need some drama for the game. How about yourself? Um, not much. Just kind of laying low. Um, I don't know. Just, just chilling. Chilling like a villain. Chilling like a villain? Yeah. Uh Um, well, I don't know. I think this podcast is, uh... That's what happens when you wing it, folks. Uh, okay, well, we'll just jump right into it. We'll get into the news for the week. Um, uh, uh, Russell Crowe signs on uh, to play Jarrell in the new Superman movie from Zack Snyder titled Man of Steel. Have you heard about this? I have not, but my question is, who, wait, who is he playing? Uh, <laughs> this is, we're going to start it out again. We're going to start it out again. <laughs> the question. Uh, Jarrell? Jarrell. Uh, he is a Superman's uh, biological father from the planet uh, Krypton. Oh. Who, uh, along with his mother, um, whose name does not come to my mind right now, uh, in the last minutes of... Um, in the last minutes of Krypton blowing up, they ship Superman off as a baby into space, and he goes to Earth, and um, he lands on Earth, and then, of course, he has the grandparents, not grandparents, uh, Ma and Pa can't find him, and they adopt him, and those become his adopted parents. But Jarrell is his original father. Isn't he okay? His biological father, okay? Yeah, he is the one that uh, gave birth to him. I think uh, there was a part um, during yeah. the night where... He looked up over at his his wife, wasn't very happy, and found out she was pregnant and said, Fucking vodka, man! Uh, so, yeah, so Russell Crowe has signed on to play for him, and I, I don't know if you followed it, it too much, but the new Superman movie, it's got a newcomer, Henry Cavell. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was in... He was in 
some movie I've never even heard of. So I just say it's good. It's a good one. Yeah, I just I just dismiss all everything before that and just say this is his first movie. <laughs> we don't count those. Uh, but yeah, so he's playing Superman, and then you know I, I think Zack Snyder's kind of going for a hip. Um, I think we're going through like a. <laughs> Go through like a, a time travel machine here. Uh, we are. We're also time traveling back to the first episode <laughs> to make this the first one. Um, I'm gonna have to fire that that sound sound man in the background. Anyway, anyway, folks, I hope you enjoy that. That is brought to you by the House of Coons. So now, um, my question for you is on the Russell Crowe thing: Does he beat anybody with a phone in this movie? Is there is there cell phone usage? Um, well. They don't Possibly. want to give it away. It, has, it hasn't been in the... Uh, any, they haven't released any of that information yet. Okay. But, um... <laughs> no, so, yeah. Uh, so, currently, right now, he is only beating Superman as a baby. Right. So with the phone. With kids. Kids. <laughs> kids aren't dishwasher safe. <laughs> no. No, uh, that's why Superman was on the run. Yeah, so, you know, I think Zack Snyder is going for, like, kind of a hipper, I mean, a hipper story. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's kind of, he's not necessarily rebooting it. I mean, you know, we're all trying to still wash the bad taste out of our mouth of the last Superman movie, which I didn't necessarily think the Superman they had was bad, but the story overall just was no, no bueno, you know. Um, Six just, hours of... Yeah. almost gave you the wrong shit, yeah, and thankfully we're not. Hopefully we're not getting the wrong shit now with uh, Zack Snyder's Superman. Yeah, Diane Lane's playing uh, Ma Kent and um, uh, Kevin Kevin Nealon playing Superman. Kevin Nealon's playing Superman. You have any pot? No. What's his name from Dances with Wolves? And oh, Costner. Yeah, Costner. Like everyone at home was sitting there going, Costner! Costner, damn it! Costner. <laughs> How don't these guys know this? They have their own show. But I like that, though, because now we have people that are that are at home, like, they're, they're rooting something like they're watching the game. Like, and a lot of people are rooting for us to say Gollum, and we couldn't remember what the right. hell his name was, you know? It's I mean? rooting for us to <laughs> actually remember what we're supposed to be Gollum. doing on the job. <laughs> Gollum! Gollum! Uh, I don't know. Hey, you want to get high, man? So... Yeah, Russell Crowe is on playing for Superman. Uh, I'm excited about it. Uh, I don't think Russell Crowe is necessarily turned into a really bad movie. You know, I mean, Gladiator. I mean, that, why, that he should be having Superman's son. If anyone should be having Superman as a son, is yeah. his role in Gladiator. There's been a couple ones that have kind of been mm, okay, but uh, he kind of looks like um, Marlon Brando if you think about it. A little bit, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. So. I'm excited about it. I'm excited about the movie overall. I know a lot of people didn't like Sucker Punch, uh, the movie that last movie that Zack Snyder did, but I really liked it. You know, it, yep. so I'm excited about seeing Superman, <laughs> and I hope that like the visuals we saw in Sucker Punch is something that's going to be, you know, uh, uh, brought into Superman. Now, who's being who's Superman? Henry Cavill. Henry Cavill. <laughs> who's Henry Cavill? Uh, let's see if we can uh, back this podcast up. You know, do you remember we just talked about that just a minute ago? Uh, it's rewind. I think when I was talking about that, you were, uh... Hey, Doc, we better back up. We don't have enough roads to get up to 88. Roads? Where we're going, we don't need roads. Well, that's that's what my problem was, like, crow? We need crow. (laughs) Yeah, so, Henry Cavell... Again, for those of you who were also listening who didn't hear what I said. Um, they were rooting there, too. They're like, Henry Cavell, all right. Costner. Got teams. You have Matt Costner. Henry Cavell, he's a newcomer. <laughs> <laughs> and he will be... God. What are you looking at, butthead? Um... Yeah, he, so he'll be um, in the new movie. No one really knows who he is. At least anyone who's watched stuff before it is probably like family members. So he's okay. the new Superman. I think that's the best way to go. I mean, you know, if you get someone, you know, you can't get DiCaprio to play um, Superman because I mean he's got so many roles that it's you can't get Tom Cruise. To, I mean, actually, uh, originally they were going to get Tom Cruise to play uh, Iron Man way back when. Oh, really? which I would have bought into that. I think Tom Cruise is kind of cocky, you know, enough to and action heroy to play that, but. Um, yeah, you know, I like, but I, I do like. Uh, I do like. What's his name? That's that's Iron. Actually, is Iron Man. Who's that? Iron Man, the guy who plays the actual. Oh, who's actually plays Iron Man? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, 
You at home. Root. Root for the news. RDJ, Robert Downey Jr. Uh, yeah. yeah. You know, he, he, re, he revived his career. I, li- I like I like his the cockiness he portrays in that movie. Yeah, he, he definitely fits that character. And actually, he had to, he had, for those of you at home playing the home game, um, don't realize this, but he actually had to fight for that role. The studio didn't want him to be um, Iron Man, just because of all the, the stuff that became, you know, you know, the drug abuse and, the, you know, waking up in the alley all <laughs> strung out. Uh, but um, Did he listen to Beastie Boys before he got it? You got to fight! Do, do, for you right! No, I think they walked, walked up to him and he was... Um, so, he... Uh, but no, he had to fight for the role and then actually uh, Favreau backed him up and that's how they got Jeff Bridges to sign on and actually going to Paltrow, so... Um, he kind of, once he was on board, just pushed the thing forward. And realistically, you know, you can look back at RDJ as helping to launch the Marvel movie studio, you know, movie verse of Marvel comics. You know, Avengers comes out next year, which I was going to tell you too. And for the listeners at home, uh, there was a uh, marketing and promotion show. I can't think of the convention that was not in Nevada, and they released a uh, poster um, that was of the Avengers on there. You know, and it was like the actual movie Avengers, like I had. Uh, um, Charlotte, um, not Charlotte, uh, Scarlett Johansson as Black Widow was on there, and Captain America in his new Captain America suit. It's not the one from the movie that's getting ready to come out. It's an updated version. Oh, really? Yeah. And then it had Thor on there, Chris Hemsworth, and it had Iron Man on there. But uh, uh, what was really cool is they had the new Hulk on there, oh, Mark, cool. Mark Ruffalo's Hulk. Um, I'll, I'll pull that later after I pull down my pants. But um, so I'm excited to see that. Um, I don't want to talk too much about it because it was kind of a Photoshop picture that someone put up. I'm waiting until they actually do. Oh, and Hawkeye was on there. Jimmy Renner's Hawkeye was on there in his new Hawkeye suit. So it's cool to see the new suits. It wasn't a bad poster, but wait further down, down, down the line to talk about some of the, the, you know, once they release some new stuff. I think after the San Diego Comic-Con, we're going to have a lot to talk about. There's going to release a lot of information that usually is. Uh, moving on, uh, you've been following the Batman uh, Dark Knight Rises too much. Not enough altogether. The 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 new movie that they're putting together. Yeah, the new movie. The, right. It's called The Dark Knight. Right. Okay, I didn't know the, I didn't know the title, but I I have they have the the one guy's playing Bane, the guy from Inception. Yeah, and actually he's got a new movie called uh, I think it's called The Warriors that are coming out. Yeah, I and, saw a preview for that. That looks yeah, good. I mean, and he looks bulked. Yeah, he was he already kind bulked. of a, he was already kind of a big guy, but like he looks ripped. Well, I, th- I think when he was training, he was, uh... Stop thinking. Let things happen. And be the ball. So, I mean, I mean, he's like Christian Bale, you know, obviously. I mean, he can go from one form to the other like that, you know. Yeah. So it looks good. Uh, the Warrior comes out later on this year, I believe. And that stars, um... The guy that plays Bane from The Dark Knight Rises, Tom Hardy. Um, so go check that out. We didn't tell you what it was about, but... It it's a good, it's a good movie. Go check it out. He's bought. He's ripped his shit. Okay. okay yeah, we'll review that later. Uh, but yeah, um, new secret scene uh, or secret part? We don't know. We just know that uh, Liam Neeson was on set filming. Really? So there's been speculation. I mean, because they they, ha- they have a younger version, a guy playing a younger version of Ra's al Ghul that's on it, and so they thought, oh, okay, well maybe they're doing. Uh, some sort of flashback scene. And Razag will be in Liam Neeson's character in the other movie. Right, exactly. Okay. Um, for those of you who haven't seen Batman Begins, Liam Neeson. <laughs> well, some people don't know all the names. No, I'm yeah. with you. Yeah. We need to fill them in. That's what we're here for. Yeah. I, I, we say forget extra, forget E, forget what you know. This mm-hmm. is the Amazingly Pulp Show. It's Amazingly Pulp Show. So uh, we need we need to let them know what's going on. And... Um, Eventually, I persuade Azamat that we would travel to California and make our reportings along the way. He insists we not fly in case the Jews repeated their attack of 9-11. <laughs> That's what we're doing. We're going to uh, California to let you know. Um, so yeah, Liam Neeson's going to be in the new Dark Knight Rises, and um, right now the speculation is, is, is that you have a short scene, does he have a big scene, is he the main villain? Uh, I mean, what do you think? I mean, that, that excites me a little bit. I like this character in Batman Begins, but, I, you know, I think that they really pushed the envelope of the Dark Knight that I don't necessarily want to go back and revisit that. I would, I'd much rather see more of what we haven't seen yet because there's, there, you know... Well, what I think what I think Batman Begins sets up so well, especially with Ra's al Ghul, is it puts a, 
it puts a, it takes away the superhero face of a movie and it keeps it more of like you know yes they're a secret society ninjas but but whatever it's more realistic you know and then i think when they took the dark knight it wasn't so unrealistic for them to push the envelope with you know heath ledger being you know outsmarting these guys but not just outsmarting them doing things that were a realistic you know feel and, and people were scared you know like you know like the not the, i wasn't scared you know but the people in the movie you know they're scared for their lives and stuff so i i think pushing the envelope and, and what like a batman or someone trying to be a superhero would bring to evil people i think is, is, is a great idea um, I'd like to. I, I'm right there with you. I'd, I'd like to see him push the envelope rather than go backwards. I have no idea what you're talking about. Exactly. What's up with that vanilla face? Uh, me and my homie Azamat just parked our slab outside. We're looking for somewhere to post up our black asses for the night. So uh, bang bang, a skid skid, nigga. We're just a couple of pimps, no hoes. Okay, leave now. We're gonna call the cops and we'll have you taken out. Yeah, I just, you know, and for me, it's, you know, Marvel is getting into making their, you know, starting to form their universe, and at, at some point, DC needs to start getting on the ball and start tying Batman and Superman together. They got Green Lantern out, they need to start tying that together, because eventually they need to get to Justice League, you know? That's a movie that I want to see, that's the movie I think, um, you know, once the Avengers are, are out, and if it does well, which I'm hoping it does, and I think it will... Uh, let's see. Let's see DC's universe. And DC, they have Batman and Superman. I mean, you know that you can sell those movies. You re-ramped them, rebooted them several times, and you're still making money off them. Superman still needs to be tweaked, but Batman's money, you know. Yeah. And now you got Green Lantern, and we'll get into that in a little bit. But uh, you know, let's start piecing together. That's what I think is so cool about the Marvel universe is that they're tying together. Um, you know, getting the cohesive. You know, some people have criticized it as they're going to start getting into. Um, they're going to start pigeonholing themselves into certain continuity so that they can't break past continuity. Like the thing with X-Men, the new X-Men movie, is that they can, they were able to go back and break away a little bit. They still had ties, and I think the only reason they did that is because they felt that people aren't going to recognize what the hell they're doing unless they have some sort of tie to the X-Men that came before. I didn't think it needed to be done, but I think that's why they put certain scenes in there, you know, like Mr. Um, You-Know-Who. You know what I'm talking about? Shocker. The shocker. Here's a spoiler. Skip to the next five seconds after this. Go fuck yourself. Right now. Yeah. Uh, Wolverine is in the movie for X-Men First Class. So. Go fuck yourself. Go fuck yourself. Um, yeah. So. I want them to start pushing it more toward. I, I, I love the reality aspect of, of The Dark Knight. And I love the reality aspect when Batman first begins because they had to revamp it. I don't ever want to go to the Batman and Robin stages ever again. It was way too campy. Well, but, well Batman Forever, that yeah. has its own feel to it. Yeah. And, well, and I think that eventually you have to start suspending your disbelief a little bit in that world if you're going to start tying them together because you got Superman, a man who can fly from their planet. You could still do a realistic take on that. Right. Same that, thing with Green Lantern. Go ahead. But, well, I, I I think that they can have a, the realistic element, but and, and I like that they do keep that. I, I don't think that they'll... Well, obviously, I don't think that they're going to keep doing Christian Bale and all that stuff with the Batman and stuff because he said he's only doing it until Nolan's done. Nolan's after this last one he said he's done. Yeah, well, we're on the street that Christian Bale uh, originally signed for three pictures. And Nolan has, Christopher Nolan, for those of you who don't know at home, is the one that's directing the new Batman movies. <laughs> the last two. But, um, yeah, it, he said that after this one, he's done. He'll stay, he'll stay on as a producer role, but he's done uh, after this next Batman, The Dark Knight Rises. So, um, and hopefully the one after that will... Uh, you still hit like a bitch. Yeah, I want it to hit hard and to hit fast. <laughs> now, I I don't want them to. What worries me about the next, after Nolan leaves is that they're not going to take their time and they're going to start cranking these things out to make money. You know that worries me. It's the same thing with the Spider-Man movies. It's like I would much rather take three years between a film for the next one to come out than to be like okay and be badass yeah be badass and if, if you can do it back to back like I love the whole idea of when they film like you know Lord of the Rings was pretty much one of the first movies to do that where they filmed all the movies together yeah and then and what was smart about that is they filmed it a lot of people think that oh they filmed it put all the CGI into it. no 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 they filmed it on location and then started doing then they came back and did post production on the first one 
and released that as then as that was coming out over that year they started doing post production on the second one so the the CGI and effects were able to stay up to par and up to snuff yeah. as the years progressed so I, I'm cool with that you know um, I'm trying to think of another movie that just did that but uh, all right well that's enough about that we're moving on uh, Dark Knight there you got there you go uh, Liam Neeson is going to be in the movie in some capacity uh, look forward to have more information soon uh, Jurassic Park four. <laughs> recently got uh, uh, kicked around the old uh, rumor mill. Um, it's it's been around for a while that they wanted to shoot a Jurassic Park four, but um, I mean, I'm, I'm talking like ever since the Lost World was released. There, there there is no there is no third or fourth book in the series. So at this point, with the third and the fourth, I think there's and I don't fact don't fact check me at home, but I think that they're you know, getting a screenwriter and just based it off the movies at this point. I mean, obviously the third one was based off that. Yeah. But, uh, uh, but Steven Spielberg has expressed interest in coming back and directing the series. Hmm. So, and I don't know, I'm a little on the I'm a little on the limb with that one because I love the first Jurassic part. Yeah, I did too. And then I, I went out and got The Lost World, which was the sequel book. And as I understand it, the first Jurassic Park didn't really follow verbatim with the book, but it was still a cool movie. But when I went and saw The Lost World... Um, it, it didn't follow the book verbatim, but then added more stuff to it that didn't need to be added, and then it put stuff in that could have been it cool. And I felt I read an article that Steven Spielberg had shot Jurassic Park to The Lost World and the movie Amistad, which he, like at the same time it's another movie he did, and um, and he was actually more on location with Amistad than in like there was a lot of you know. Um, second DP director of photography and, and second unit directors that were shooting a lot of the footage and he would take a look at the footage you know over a computer and be like oh that's good that's not good and I think that's why that movie just kind of checks itself out of being good at all you know so but I don't know I mean I'm really rooting for Steven Spielberg to get back on like what made him so great in the early years I mean even like I really think I, I think he does good movies now like the last one I saw I saw him do that was kind of cool um, as far as not these, you know, sci-fi, dinosaur, that type of stuff. Alien Visions was um, the one about the Olympics bombings. bombings. Uh, oh, Help me at home, folks. Uh, Colin, tweet it. Uh, the, that was the one with uh, the guy who... Munich. 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 There we go. Which I thought was an excellent movie. You yeah, know? it's just... Uh, what's his name? He played, the, he played the other Hulk. One of the other Hulks in that movie. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. His exactly. name was, um... You use a condom? No. Good! That's my boy! That's my boy! Yo, never use condom, son! They take away all the feelings! We don't know what his name is. We don't care at this point. You know who his name is at home, and you're shouting at us right now, and you're getting pissed, but we're going to move past it. Uh, but Jurassic Park 4, yes, that will be coming out. Uh, well, I'm sorry. It's rumored to be um, Steven Spielberg back on board. And the other, inter- other thing of interest of note is that it has the screenwriter from I Am Legend, so which I thought was a pretty good movie. Yeah, There's some bad CGI in some parts, but like the story overall, I well, thought worked. You know? Yeah. So you're staring at me like that. Beautiful, beautiful eyes. You have beautiful eyes. <laughs> it's really hard to concentrate. But you know, I, um, I agree. I Am Legend was a good movie. I think Will Smith brought a lot of that too. No, I think the CGI was a little bit. Iffy. But yeah, it was a good movie overall. I liked it. Um, last bit of news here. Green Lantern was released over the weekend uh, to a bunch of bad reviews. They said it was, um, uh, you know, the comic book guys were not enough time in Oa. What they saw on the planet Oa was good. Uh, but, uh, you know, too much time was spent on Earth not being Green Lantern. Um, you know, bad acting overall. And, um, well... Jazzy and J- Jazzy, Jeff and I, myself, Jay Hat, went and saw it today, and uh, here's our review. Ah, uh, well, my review is this: uh, I think you have to be a little bit, a little bit more of the uh, comic book type to, to like this one, and as in difference for some of the movies like we were just talking about with that realistic element they have um i think the movie is pretty good i think ryan reynolds is always entertaining i think some of the acting was a little bit suspect but uh but you know that i mean the, the effects were still really good i think they had a lot to that they had to put into the movie to 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 kind of set up but 
I think if without that, the movie doesn't hold either. So you can you either run the risk of putting too much of that stuff in or not or not at all. So that was my opinion. Well, let's let's back up a little bit and kind of explain to listeners what exactly Green Lantern is. Green Lantern is a DC property, uh, DC Comics. Um, who those of you who aren't familiar with DC Comics? You know, <laughs> some people are like, "Oh, Spider Man, oh Batman, oh." The, well, there's there's two main publishers. There's Marvel. They do, you know, and, and most of you who are listening to this, you probably do know the difference. But in case you don't, there's Marvel Comics. You do Spider Man, Captain America, Avengers, Fantastic Four, X Men. Then you have DC, who does uh, Superman, Batman, Wonder Woman, uh, Green Lantern, Flash, more of the kind of godlike mythic characters type thing, um, and. Marvel's really been cranking out the movies right now, uh, but DC's kind of always been there with, like we talked about earlier with um, Batman and Superman, but now they're starting to push out some of their other products, like Green Lantern is their first product out the, you know, mainstream product out the gate uh, to try to get the ball moving on their movies, and um, so Green Lantern, the, the basic background of this is that it's, it's about a fight, uh, kind of a cocky fighter pilot who um, when one of the Green Lanterns crashes on his planet, um, we call it Earth. We call it Earth. Earth. Planet Earth. Uh, he inherits. I don't want. Well, yeah, I guess inherits a correct term. He's chosen by the ring from the previous owner to take over and join the Green Lantern Corps. The Green Lantern Corps is an intergalactic police force, which basically overlooks. Yeah, you know, I think it was like thirty six hundred different sectors. Yeah, they broke know, it off into sectors yeah, of the whole universe, different galaxies, and uh, they were called the Watchers. What were those main dudes called? That overlooked everything. I, am uh, you, know. you at home are sitting going, we don't <laughs> no. know, we haven't seen. I know, it. I know, my comic friends are getting pissed. I'm, I'm sorry, guys, I forget what their their name is, but they're kind of like the Watchers, and they were there at the beginning of the galaxy, and they formed this, um, they formed the Green Lantern Corps, and they basically uh, created a power of greens. Uh, you know, it was, it was a power source. It's green, but it's based on willpower. Mm-hmm. So basically, whatever you can will up. You can create, and, and, and that's your power. And it's, it's through the ring. Your ring gets powered by your lantern. The lantern gets powered by the main battery unit at Oa. Uh, and so basically the premise of this movie is that that happens. Um, the alien, uh, uh, Ivan Sir, crashes on Hal's planet. Uh, Hal gets the ring, kind of learns how to be a superhero, goes to Oa, gets some training, uh, learns about what we just explained to you, and then also learns about how there's Parallax, who is one of the old Watchers who basically gets the power of... Um, the, uh, originally, when they were making the power of willpower, they decided to make another power source based on fear, that that would be as powerful, but then they were worried about it becoming what they are fighting, which is the evil of the world, except for one Watcher decides to basically... I don't know. <laughs> keep keep yeah. pursuing that, and which is yeah, keeps pursuing that uh, that case, that uh, instance, that what have you, and basically becomes parallax. So, um, and then he comes back and tries to destroy everybody. Blah 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 blah. Um, so that's kind of your background story. Um, uh, I don't know. And if you were listening to this, maybe you felt I was explaining it to. Uh, yeah, we we called it a bullshit. <laughs> um, so. Yeah, but here, here's my thing. It's like a lot of people, uh, all these reviews were just, uh, they were shitting all over it. So I went in there and I had pretty low expectations. I got to be honest, folks. Uh, it's not a bad movie. Yeah, it's. I don't think it comes close to being a bad movie. I think uh, it comes close to being a good movie, but it misses its mark on a couple of things. You know, um, it's. You know, I, I think they tried to push the love story between Hal and. Um, the, the girl interest of the story, I think of her name. Blake Lively. Blake Lively. We talked about her in an episode. And I don't really know what happened with that because Blake Lively, I, I, she was in town, the movie The Town. Did you see that movie? I own that movie. Oh, okay. Movie, yeah. I thought she was good in it. Yeah. You know, I was, because I, I remember going to that movie going, oh, Blake Lively, whatever, you know, topic or, or uh, whatever. Gossip. Gossip girl. Topic girl. Top, topless girl. <laughs> topless girl. 
But uh, she was actually pretty good in that, you know. Um, and I kept looking at her um, in this movie, and um, I just don't think she was very good. I, I felt like every time she kind of opened her mouth, all I could think about was... Uh, First time I set eyes on Mary Swanson, I just got that old-fashioned romantic feeling where I'd do anything to bone her. But then she would start talking, you know, and I was just like... She needs some acting lessons. She, you know, I I agree. Like, I mean, she's a very pretty girl, but like, there comes a point, America. Like, I, I I agree. Like, it's nice to have a pretty girl as the main love interest, but can they at least take some acting classes on the way to the big movies? You know, I mean, yeah, she was she dead. Like, it almost at one point. I mean, I'm not gonna give it away as to win. It almost at one point. Ryan Reynolds almost looks at her like, "Are you serious?" <laughs> he just ends like, "Okay, I guess we'll just keep going. We'll just skip past it." I think he looked at her and said, uh, "That's a lovely accent you have, <laughs> New Jersey, <laughs> Austria, Austria." <laughs> well then, <laughs> good day, mate. <laughs> Let's put another shrimp on the barbie. Yeah, she just she wasn't good in the movie. She looks great. She looks phenomenal. Um, I mean, my wife looked at me and said, uh, "No humping, no pushing, no sniffing, Heidi." So, um, but yeah, but other than that, she's. I think that I actually think somebody like um, oh no 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 what's that girl's name? That one. You that know? one. Yeah, uh, she's I, in the new Woody Allen movie with uh, Owen Wilson. I can't think of her name though. Or that movie. <laughs> Make sure you're narrowing it down. Uh, so, uh, somebody better. Who gives a shit? Somebody better. Um, somebody better could have fit in that role. Yeah, I mean, it's like she got the role and... Uh, Husband? Wait a minute. What was all that one in a million talk? <laughs> uh, yeah, so... So she's... It was not great. Let's move on, though. Um, Hal Jordan... Uh, Ryan Reynolds, I won't necessarily say um, he nailed it, but he did good in the role. You yeah. know what I mean? I, and I, I think that as far as all the characters, he probably played the best character. Right. Um, I think the stuff on... Well, no, I take that back. I think the best person was Mark Strong, I think, as, as Sinestro. Sinestro. Um, he did the best, and that could have used some more time in there. Uh, but By the way, make sure you stay towards the end, because uh, there is a secret scene. I won't tell you what it is here. Uh, I got a lot of feedback that um, I spoiled Super 8 for people, so um, <laughs> just skip over episode 3. Uh, but yeah, uh, the CGI, uh, overall, I would say, uh, you know, out, out of 10, I would say 7 or 8. Yeah. You know, um, I think there's, there's part, and only because I think there's parts that could have been better. Yeah. You know, it, it, I, always, I always, and I, you know, I look back at Spider Man. Remember that first Spider Man movie? Yeah. Where he's climbing up the wall. You know, and it totally doesn't look, it looks like a CGI. I mean, there, there's there's a couple parts that are like that, and I was just like, well, how can they make this look like a certain way and that look like shit? I, you know, but I understand that it's... It's time, it's, it's money. It's timing, it's money and all that stuff, but, you know, there, there were certain parts where they could have they cut that certain scene out yeah. and put the, the stuff, the, you know, um, together overall. But... Uh, but you know, yeah, about the CGI, I think that I think the same way with uh, there was a few times like where they almost like kind of cut the scene back and they kind of like pan back with the camera and then the CGI and the characters that were you were just lit, so close to before is not very good. You no. know, yeah, but some of the practical effects like uh, you know uh, Hector Hammond. Yeah, Hammond Hector, Hector Hammond. Uh, time. That actually looked better than what I thought it was going to be. I, um, as far as the, I thought, you know, yeah. I don't know what you thought, but as far as like the prosthetics that they put on his face once he gets to the final, I guess, transformation that he goes into, right. that looked pretty good. Like I saw some early pictures, and it's like, what is that? You yeah. know, uh, I know a lot of people had a lot of problem with the earlier pictures of his suit, but if you, if you understand that the suit is energy, it makes sense for the movie, and actually, it looks better in the movie than what it looks in the preview because, like, you know, how the green power is going through the suit right it, it just it makes it makes sense um i think everything green lantern wise looked good abinsir looked cool um that fight with parallax although i will suggest that you go to a theater that doesn't need to have the uh volume cranked to 20 yeah. on, a, on a chart that goes to 10 jesus man i thought it was gonna blow my ears out yeah there'd be a point you know where it'd be quiet but then all of a sudden boom <laughs> yeah i looked back at the uh sound guy and i thought uh you fellas been doing a bit of boozing, have you? Sucking back on Grandpa's old cough medicine? 
need to turn that shit down, you know? Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, so it, it was good. Uh, Hal Jordan, uh, Ryan Reynolds was good. Uh, Blake Lively, bad. Peter Sasgard as uh, Hector Hammond does a good job, although the, only, the only, only thing I had a problem with him is that when he was getting beat up, like, he was screaming like a girl. Yeah, he does. He's like, ah, ah stop. <laughs> okay, now. But he's got a higher voice, though, kind of a light voice anyways. He does, but I know I've seen that guy in a movie. What movie has he been in where he's, like, the creepy killer and you don't realize it till the end? Um... I don't know. I mean, Email us and let us know. Yeah, I mean, we know what it is. He's been in a couple movies. Uh, he's in that movie uh, with Jake Gyllenhaal where he's in the army. Do you know what it's called? No. Inform me. I can't think of what it's called. But those of you at home can think of what it's called. Together. Uh, I know it's not called... Uh... Do you suck dick? But <laughs> it's not called that. Uh, yeah, so Peter Sasgard's good as H- uh, Hector Hammond. Uh, Parallax, a lot of people panned it as kind of being a smoke monster like Galactus from Fantastic Four 2. Um, I don't think so. I think that it had lots of elements to show, like all the different so- souls that it had taken where they were coming out of the smoke and stuff like this. I said smoke, but it's like, I mean, it, it does resemble a type of fire, fire cloud, but it's, it's not, I mean... You actually get to see it in action as opposed to in Fantastic Four 2 with Galactus. It was like, here comes the smoke cloud. Ooh, there it goes. <laughs> and we go. Yeah, uh, just in its uh, big fart cloud. Yeah. Um, and then, so, yeah, I, w- I would say the ending was a little rushed with killing the bad guys. I think they spent a little bit too much time overall trying to piece together the human aspect, you know. But. What do you, it's an origin story. What are you going to do? Yeah. You know? You got to set it up for the next one now. Yeah, and they do, and that's and the special scene that's after it. It does set up the next one, so stick around. Um, I give uh, I give Green Lantern a B plus. Yeah, I give a, I give a solid B. Um, whenever I think about Green Lantern, I think about this. I don't know, but I've been told. I don't know, but I've been told. Eskimo pussy is mighty cold. Eskimo pussy is mighty Flashback to a movie review, um, and I think going forward, we'll jump probably, in your time yeah, traveling yeah. machines. We're gonna we're gonna time travel back into time and start <laughs> reviewing. <laughs> we're gonna time travel back into time by using our time machine. Allow myself to introduce time. myself. And when we're getting ready to get ready, we get ready. <laughs> <When> I... <laughs> Um, we're going to be starting a new segment probably next time around, but uh, it was slightly inspired by this as well as Jazzy Jeff this morning before we uh, threw together this cocktail napkin. But we're going to start re- uh, re- jumping, or going back to the future to review older stuff that you might not have seen. And maybe you should and check And maybe out. you should check out. Um, I'd like to kick that off this time with a quick review. It'll be more in-depth next time with the movie 2001, A Space Odyssey. Have you seen this movie, Jazzy? I have not seen this movie, Shitty Hat. I will say this. If you are a Stanley Kubrick fan, go check this movie out. Okay. For those of you who aren't familiar with uh, Stanley Kubrick, uh, he has, he the last movie he did, and I hate to start this off with because a lot of people didn't like it. They, they kind of panned it as not being that great, but Eyes Wide Shut with Nicole Kidman and Tom Cruise. That was essentially a porno, wasn't it? Like, I remember watching some of that movie and... I felt aroused. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's there. There was some hot stuff in it, but uh, I like the overall story to it. It just it ends kind of on a kind of confusing note. At least for me, I didn't. I didn't. Uh, I was looking at it going. Uh, I think you been cheated. So, but the overall movie is pretty cool. But I like to go back a little bit further. And actually, that's not even really his last movie. That's the last movie he directed. But he was working for a long time on a movie called AI. Did you, did you see that movie, Artificial Intelligence? Yeah, with Will Smith. No, that's that's not AI. That's uh, oh no, AI with the um, Haley Joel Osment. Haley Joel Osment. Okay, yeah, where yeah, he's yeah. kind of like it's in the future and he's the boy robot. He's the boy robot. Yeah, yeah. yep, yep. Um, that was actually um, it's based on a story. Uh, shoot, can't think of the name. Good movie. Yeah, but um, he died before he could actually shoot the movie. And he was actually talking with Steven Spielberg for a while about the movie. And originally he was going to shoot it. Then they talked about Steven shooting it, uh, and then uh, Stanley Kubrick died. And so Steven Spielberg, you know, in, in honor of his memory, continued on with the movie, and they put it out. I think it's pretty good. I think it would have been a hell of a lot better 
I don't, I don't say hell of a lot better, but a lot better if Stanley Kubrick had shot it, just because I think Steven Spielberg, and I love Steven Spielberg, but he kind of still kind of put that his touch on it. That nice little kid-friendly touch, whereas you watch Stanley Kubrick Stanley Kubrick movie, they don't have friendly touches. It's pretty straightforward. Right. Uh, but what's amazing about Stanley Kubrick is, you know, going to the movies, uh, uh, Eyes Wide Shut, Full Metal Jacket, The Shining, um, 2001 A Space Odyssey, uh, Spartacus, and there's much more. Um, he's got such a great visual sense. If you're watching this movie, it's, it's always wide, you know, on a, on a widescreen type format, um, and then just the visuals within it is, is just it's just amazing. Um, a Clockwork Orange is one of my favorite. You ever seen that movie? Yes, I have. Yeah, that's. Ooh, I haven't seen that yeah, movie. That's an awesome movie. Uh, but yeah, so I had seen 2000. Or I had seen. Uh, excuse me, uh, Clockwork Orange. I had seen The Shining. I had seen the um, Full Metal Jacket. I'd seen Eyes Wide Shut. I'd seen um, Spartacus. But. I hadn't seen 2001 Space Odyssey, and I think you actually won an Oscar for that movie. So I finally got it from the library, and I finally sat down and watched it. Um, wow, it's it's just an amazing movie. It's it's a, basically about the beginning and end of life, I think. You know, and the reason I say I think is because I think that you can take anything away from this movie that you want and say that's what the movie is about because I think that Stanley Kubrick leaves the movie into interpretation but it starts off where it's kind of in the beginning of times with a bunch of monkeys and this big square metal block shows up and they're like <laughs> I don't know where it's from but it's pretty cool and then it jumps to the future um, and, and it, I, I believe it's 2001 it's supposed to be 2001 but it's obviously not are 2001 because things didn't go quite the same yeah they're, they're, they're traveling in spaceships almost like airplane travel but the stuff that he does in this movie where you know he's got parts where the a girl's like walking upside down like she's in gravity now i think this movie came out in the early 70s but i could be wrong it might have been out in the 60s but i'm pretty sure it was the early 70s i didn't get to do my research on it but so basically, it follows a guy who's a scientist who, you know, he's on the level with a, a certain secret project that's being worked on out, out in space, and he finally gets out there, and then you realize that the scientists get there, and you realize it's that block that you saw in the beginning. And they, they, they found it in a crater on the planet. They, were, they dug it up in an excavation. I think it's on, like, a moon or something. Um, and I only say that because when I was watching, I got it from the I got the DVD from the library, so there's scratches on it. So there are certain scenes I had to skip over. So those are certain parts I'm missing. So if you are a true fan and you're getting pissed at this review, but anyways, long story short, um, so when they show up, something happens where it, it it's like a piercing noise and hurts their brain. Then it cuts to another mission where um, these guys are flying to Jupiter the moon of Jupiter and they don't realize it but it's going to get that block again and, but during that time frame it's like a completely different story where they're on this mission that they have no idea about what's going on and their computer the HAL 9000 ends up um, uh, it has like a personality of its own ends up screwing them out of the mission and ends up uh, killing them except for the one guy he ends up finally destroying the HAL computer and makes it all the way to this block and once he gets to the block and then like it and this is like the coolest part of the whole film is where it transfers him and it's almost like he's going to the infinity and it's all these weird different trippy colors and all that stuff uh, and I won't spoil the ending you should go check it out but um, if you if you're a fan of Stanley Kubrick and you like visuals um, you, you look at movies as a visual medium and you like to see that cool visuals in your movies before CGI and all that shit go check that movie out Mm-hmm. That sounds, How do you feel about that? That's, it, no, it's, uh, I, I I always like the uh, directors who do tones and stuff like that. I think a lot of people miss that, and they're not. I don't know. You you don't re- maybe maybe you don't realize it as much in movies, but you know I mean like uh, one of my favorite directors that does uh, colors and tones in his movies like Tim Burton. I've told you a million times about, but you know I, I like the color, the visual effect, and it, and it doesn't have to be a, a color, but like the, the, it's color schemed. Everything's thought out. To the minor detail, you know, it's, it, and I like, I like movies like that. Yeah, I think a lot, a lot of movies have forgotten. And actually, I was just watching an interview with Steven Spielberg, a reading interview about it, because he's been promoting Super Eight. How he talks about how he, even he is, and I would totally agree, even he is guilty of getting caught up in CGI and trying to make CGI work in shots that would be cooler when you lose the. Because he was talking about Jaws, and he was talking about how how problematic Jaws was for him to make. Yeah. But he said that what made Jaws great, he thinks, is that he it was so problematic, and that made him have to constantly think how he was going to 
get himself out of the box to make this shot work. Right. You know, so and I think that CGI, it, it, as much as I love CGI, is it's almost a crutch. It's a points, crutch, yeah. And and people will just, just oh, well, how are we going to shoot this? Well, don't worry, we'll put CGI in later. Yeah. You know, and then sometimes, and in a lot of cases, you get to that point where you don't have the money for it, or you don't have the time, like we talked about earlier. Is that, and then the shot ends up turning out like shit. Right, when and they're like, like, well, that's just one scene. Yeah. But when it could be a crucial scene to get people in or out of the movie, you know? Yeah, I mean, it just looks to me like a... Uh, it looks to me like the best part of you ran down to crack your mama's ass and ended up as a brown stain on the mattress. That's what I think about most of the directors that do that, is that, um, you know, think try to think outside the box, you right. know? Um, but, yeah, so go check out that movie. It's called 2001 A Space Odyssey. It's by Stanley Kubrick. It is an incredible film. Uh, and if you like that movie and you want to see more, The Shining with Jack Nicholson, one of my favorites. Fantastic movie. Just going down the hallway, just, you know, walking down yeah. the hallway. That was insane, dude. Yeah. I mean, though that's another example, too, of practical shots and just camera tricks with the actual camera that can take a completely static, um, static, uh, environment. Nothing moves in it. Nothing shaking around. Nothing. And make this hotel, which is static, become extremely creepy. You know, creepy as hell. Become a character in a, in and of itself. Because I mean, that's that is kind of the main character of the horror factor of it. Right. You know, but he's able to do that with just simple practical practical effects and, and camera tricks. And it's just the guy's a genius. I'm I'm sad to see him uh, be gone. Actually. Yeah. Um. But go check it out. Um, do you have anything more on any movie reviews? Uh, I don't have anything uh, this week on movie reviews, but this week I'd like to bring it, so it's worth, since we're bringing in the classics, I'd like to bring in uh, um, something I, I got, or I've shown to you before, um, the game, it's a video game, it's called God of War 3. Yes. Which I'd like to say I um, is is probably, I, you know, whether you're a video game fan or not, is probably one of the best video games ever made if if you're into if you're even remotely interested into color schemes graphics anything of that nature that game should blow your mind uh, i showed it to uh, j hat this weekend and that's why i brought it up i gotta catch a glimpse of these warlocks yeah so it is an awesome movie i mean it's it's a game it was a game that uh, had been on my radar but i had yet to get a playstation 3 or um, I played some games on Xbox 360, which I thought was pretty cool, but I had, hadn't played too many games on, on PlayStation 3, and I just, th- you know, the, the, the game is, is, is just so huge as far as epic and scale, and, you know, you, you, you look at something like this and go, well, well, why couldn't have Clash of the Titans remake be like that? Right. You know what I mean? Why can't they do this in a visual medium um, on screen? Right. I mean, yeah, there's the whole time factor, and I realize that in a video game they can cram in so much as they want. But they could have taken two hours of that game and put it on screen, and I would have seen it probably at least multiple in, yeah, times, multiple times in the, in the theater. And I just don't. I, I look at that and go, I don't understand. But the other aspect of it that was pretty cool to me is that to, start, to, to, to be in the time to grow up in a time frame when, when video games first started. And I'm talking about you know back. Uh, you know, of course they had Pong, but you my my first uh, you know venture into the forum is uh, uh, or venture into the foray is. Uh, in television, which was kind of like the Sega, Sega to Atari's Nintendo, you know what I mean? Sure. It was basically like a te- like a te- uh, cell phone telephone with a disc on it, you right. know, and you'd slide your little cards over the telephone buttons, and that's how you'd move around. <laughs> and then you'd be looking at kind of a black character running around in a square grid that had a couple other squares, and that that was you know um, uh, it was a Dungeons and Dragons game. That was your um, Level, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And you ran from a dragon that would every now and then go, oh, oh yeah. Oh. You know, to to see it go to something like God of War three is just incredible. You Where know? you're actually fighting on one of the titans and stuff like that, and you, the, the grand yeah. scale is just amazing. Yeah, it's it's just it's just huge. I mean, you can go from being the size of an ant, you know, fighting on a huge titan that's the size of maybe. Three skyscrapers put together to fighting little guys next to you, but that's that's incredible too because of all the different moves and, and kill moves you can do. Um, I mean, there's even a part where you can bang a chick. 
You know what I mean? Which I failed. I tried three times and I just, I couldn't get it up. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, I would, I would highly suggest that you do not play this game with your kids. I know some people are out there like, oh, my kids. It, it's, it's an adult game. It's, it's not something that, uh, it's, it's pretty, uh, Because it's not, I don't know, I mean, I, I was thinking about this, but like when I was a kid playing video games too, is that, uh, you know, you had games like Mortal Kombat, you had games like Street Fighter, and this is this is when I was probably like, maybe 13, and I can remember that it was a big deal. Oh, I remember you know I mean? too, yeah, because, because me and Jay had go back a, a while, and... I think we were called, um... Oh, you guys stay too! That's right, that's right, and and I do remember uh, a certain someone telling me I shouldn't play that game. But don't worry, America, Jay had let me play Mortal Kombat with him. Well, the blood, the blood was purple, <laughs> so that makes all the difference. So, uh, but yeah, it's it, you know, it's to, so there's always going to be that factor of even if you look at something like uh, I can remember growing up and my my parents at first, my mom didn't want me to watch The Simpsons. At the time, because it was crude, and he was, I'm, I'm Bart Simpson. Who the hell are you? Eat my shorts, man. That type of stuff. And it was like, oh, Some rough stuff. Rough yeah, stuff. You, you know, uh, how dare you? How dare you say that? And, um, you know, so I understand as a parent. The quickest way to a girl's bed is through her parents. Have sex with them, and you're in. So I understand that as a parent, that need to not have your kid play it. But I think this is definitely a game that your kid needs to be a little older to play. I think at least in high school. You know, I think that I think this is where that that line when it comes to that type of stuff it gets dresses. When you were just talking about with games, games were for just kids when they first kind of came out. They're primarily just for kids, and now there are games that are more like, well, hey, these kids grew up. And they don't want to play just the kiddie games anymore. You know what I mean? So there's the adult theme type of stuff, too. And I think people, you know, kids are like, no, you know, these are for us. You know, I want to be able to play everything, too. Yeah, that's definitely the biggest difference between myself as a parent and my parents parenting me is that they didn't grow up with video games. Right. So they, I mean, I can still remember my parents playing uh, Super Mario Brothers. When I'd go to bed, they'd get on there and try to play it. And I could hear them, like, they couldn't get past the first level because I could hear them super speed right into the pit. Super speed mm-hmm. right into the pit, or even just walk right into the pit. It was just like I'm, I'm sitting there laying in bed, go jump, hit jump, hey, hey <laughs> the other button. <laughs> so I just they just look at the concept, and 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 I, yeah, I think that now that I, as an adult, I don't really get a whole lot of time to play too many video games nowadays, but I do still like to play them. Right. You know, and if they're going to be on that level, I mean, hell yeah. But I think that they should start making okay, PlayStation Three or whatever system it would be. This is an adult system. And right. you can play all these adult games on there. But, like, if you were... I don't know, man. See, I, I'm kind of cro- I'm kind of stuck because I don't want to be, like... I don't want to put restrictions on anything. But, like, at the same time, I don't want to explain to my kid, like, you know, well, Dad, how come I didn't fuck the chick as well as I should have? You know what I mean? I, well, how do I explain that? You didn't push B fast yeah. enough. You, know? <laughs> you didn't cap circle fast enough. <laughs> yeah. So it's... I don't know. I'm, I'm kind of stuck in the middle, and I think that... I don't want to put restrictions on it, but I think that this would be definitely something that discretion of the parent. But of course, discretion of the parent is, you know, when your kid's at home, you know, you said, don't play that video game. You know what I mean? And as soon as you walk out the door, that video game is going in the system. Right. I mean, I did it as a kid. I mean, don't watch that porno. As soon as I left, but you know, the porno was in. Yeah. You know, and I was just sitting there. Um, I suffer from a very sexy learning disability. What do I call it, kid? Sex, Lexia. Did you want to say anything else about God of War? No, I, I just want to say, like, the, uh, on a grand scale, I mean, all the God of War games are very, very cool. Um, I will say on a grand scale, this one does beat the other ones by far. You are always, you know, in the other ones, you're fighting Titans and and, and, and doing a bunch of stuff, but this one really brings it home. Um, they really took their time with this one. What about you, J-Hap? That's good. A++ for me. It's everything that I want in a game and more. Uh, so I definitely think that if you're looking for a rockin' kick-ass video game or uh, something that is... Uh, Why is this godforsaken planet worth dying for? Don't ask me. You're the one who's going to be dying. You know, there is there is one last thing I want to say. 
And I, I think that the graphics were just amazing. Like I've already said, the the detail and everything, even 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 like the like the stuff that doesn't matter, the off the side wall stuff and everything in the background. But you would think that they'd make the double jump not so hard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that is one thing that I, I definitely will say that is that I. There is a certain part, that being the only part, there is a certain part with the, the jump that's kind of fucked up, but uh, I, I could live with that. I yeah. mean, there's just certain levels that you got to play a little bit longer yeah. because you can't jump across the pit. Because <laughs> you can't jump two <laughs> steps in a row. <laughs> but, um, yeah, it does give you a little... Uh... And now for the battle plan. As you all know, the key to victory is the element of surprise. And that's what we surprise. find... That's what we found every single time we tried to jump a cliff. <laughs> or a creek. Um, okay, so moving on. Uh, in a comic review, I did happen to pick up some comics this week. This, this week. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Um, and that's Japanese for comic books this week. Comic book review. Um, now... I talked about before how sometimes it's kind of hard for me to go into there because I do see, you know, some of the art that's going on, and I just I struggle with it because I'm like, ah, that that doesn't intrigue me at all. But um, and I do I do want to say Marvel um, and DC like let the people draw in the books, draw the covers, man. Um, I, I can't stay like I I almost passed these two books because of the covers. You know, the cover art was not what I was looking for. But what I'm talking about is I'm talking about uh, Avengers uh, 13 and Avengers 14. We're going to Avengers 13 first. Avengers 13 is the first foray into Fear Itself, which is the big Marvel crossover, which is actually what I went in to get. And it wasn't out yet because big surprise delay on a comic book release. Um, but I went in and I was looking around. I couldn't find anything. And I, Fear Itself wasn't out. And I... About, I was about ready to leave, and I spotted this, and I, I spotted on the cover that it was the next one of the Avengers series that I, had, you know, if I think of the first podcast I covered, I, I covered it. Covered it yeah. I almost left it because I thought like a different artist was coming on. I was just like, ah, I hate when that happens. Uh, but I noticed it was Bocciolo, Chris Bocciolo, um, who is a he's one of my favorite artists, and I was like, all right, he's back on a book, and. Um, so, yeah, I, I checked it out. I always like Brian Michael Bendis' work. Um, but the guy that was drawing it before this was uh, John Romita Jr., who I talked about doing Kick-Ass 2, number 2, I think on uh, podcast number 2. But I thought he left the book, and I wasn't going to keep picking up, and then I saw the Bacho's back on. So what's really cool about this book um, is it's kind of a tie to tie into fear itself, but the way that they do it is kind of a real-world uh, documentary style, where, whereas they're... It, and I won't say the, the, all of real world, but I'll say like when they sit there and they do the confessionals, and it's got the different characters kind of rehashing and kind of telling about what's been going on. Um, so it's when superheroes stop being polite and start getting real. This is the true story of the Avengers. <laughs> true story. Um, yeah, so it, it's good. I, I like the way that they have to tell a story. As an artist, I would have been a pain in the butt to draw all these panels, but that's something that Brian Michael Bendis is known for is, is, is making these books where you, you have a bunch of panels to draw. But um, it kind of goes into um, talking about the Red Hulk becoming an Avenger, and but then it goes more so into, um, uh, you know, what led up to fear itself and and they start talking about some older wars that it, this is how they became avengers and this type of stuff is is, is what they do uh it's pretty good um it actually i say it's one pretty good I, I got done reading the issue and i was like oh welcome back chris good to see you again i know he was drawing some other books but it was just kind of hard to to keep up with him because he was kind of jumping from book to book and i never know what he's going to show up next um it, uh, it, it talks more about um, Spider Woman's and Hawkeye having some kind of a love interest, so I'm interested to see where that goes. Um, and that's it. Kind of leaves you hanging, and then we jump into Avengers: Fear Itself, uh, number fourteen, which was really awesome. Uh, basically, it talks about how the thing. For most of you don't know, if I, I talked about Fear Itself earlier about how um, you know one of the old Asgardian. Um, Asgardian gods come back to life, fear, and is working with uh, Red Skull's daughter, and they're rampaging uh, the United States, and several hammers have dropped, uh, they've been released from fear, and some of the heroes and villains have taken on the hammers and become, have, have uh, 
the the soul the essence I believe is is uh, coming into them and they're of these old gods these old evil gods and they become it. one of them is the thing the thing is in possession of a hammer and is a, he's an evil guy now and uh, so it starts off the same way where it's kind of the real world confessional style uh, and talks about how the invasion started and then it goes into how the Red Hulk being a new Avenger uh, you know really earns his stars and stripes of becoming an Avenger he takes on the thing which for those of you who are in the comics, always know. I mean, one of the huge matchups has always been the Thing and the Hulk. Every time you know they show up and they're going to fight each other, it's always yay. But I mean, it's been done a thousand times, but I loved it. I mean, the way the Thing is that looks and John Romita Jr. draws him is like a negative version of himself, you know. And and he takes on the Hulk, but it's not the regular Hulk; it's the Red Hulk. It's a constipated. And, uh, yeah, so it's not Bruce Banner; it's a different Hulk, and so it's kind of cool to see a new angle on it and see kind of two new versions of these guys take each other on. Uh, unfortunately, the thing ends up towards the end after the Hulk does kind of show that he is worthy of being an Avenger, but he loses, and the thing beats the shit out of him and leaves you hanging. He might be dead. We're not really sure. Uh, so I'm, I'm excited to jump back on uh, in issue 15, see where it's going. If Ramita Jr. is drawing these and Chris Botchler is drawing them, I'm, I'm interested. I, I, you know, I think I talked about before about how I'm not. I didn't used to be a John Ramita Jr. fan. Actually, a, a friend of mine um, started showing me more stuff. Uh, Matt Wright from Unshaven Comics kind of turned me on to him a little bit. Uh, I know he's a huge fan, and I, you know, prior to meeting him, I kind of. Turned him out, you know, tuned him out because I read a couple issues of X Men. I was like, ah, I just don't like this artwork. But I don't know. Maybe I've gotten older, a little more mature. You know, kind of like it. But it's it's great now, and I, I think that both these guys are perfect fit on the Avengers. I mean, I never read the Avengers growing up. It was always X Men and Spider Man, and then of course I got into the Image days of Spawn and, and, and Wildcats, and it's I like I like what they're doing with the Avengers. It has me interested in you know seeing superheroes band together and do what they do best so and it's you know the x-men are awesome but they've become so saturated with at, at a certain point the mutants need to come out of the whole the whole being persecuted by everybody at this point because i mean 60 years or uh 30 40 50 years of of, of, of x-men lore it's like okay well yeah. Somebody somewhere has to accept you. So it's kind of cool to, to, to read a, a superhero team. I dig it. Um, so if you get a chance, go out and get the Avengers 15 and, I'm sorry, 14 and 13. The fear itself ties in. Great art, great story. Um, that's all I have to say about that. Did you pick up any comics this week? I didn't pick up any comics this week. We're going to have the road to them because I know that the, one of these days I'm going to get you there and you're going to be like, okay, this is pretty cool because. What's cool about comics, and I'm just going to go on a little rant here real quick. What's cool about comics is there's... Comics inspire movies, movies inspire comics. So with that being said is that now that these movies are out, comics are even cooler because what was cool about the comics before is that there's certain things they could do in comics they couldn't do in movies. Well, now they're starting to do that stuff in movies, so comics has to push the envelope even more. You know, and they're, and they're really starting to do that. So the visuals are, are, are getting good. The, the scope and the scale are getting good. Um, it's just it's a, good, it's, good, it's a good time to be in comics, and if you've always been in comics, it's a good time because the, the media um, has really grabbed onto it, and it's really trying to do what they've been doing in the books for all this time and show everyone that, hey, they are cool. It's not a little kid thing, you know? Yeah. It's bringing in a lot of money. Because, I mean, you know, everybody's still buying these, or going these comic book movies anyway. You know, a lot of these movies are based on comic books, and most people don't even know. Some of them don't even know. Constantine's based on a comic book, too, you know? So. Yeah. Um, do you know what comic book it's based on? Constantine? Yeah. Is it based on a comic book called Constantine? <laughs> Constipated. No, it's based on a comic book called Hellblazer. So if you did like the movie Constantine and you want to go and read the actual book it's based on, it's called Hellblazer. Um, and actually, John Constantine in the, in the comic book is blonde and he's English. Really? Yeah, so they actually they they, they modified it to, well, I don't know why. You know. Well, Keanu Reeves can do anything. Yeah. We've already discussed this. I wouldn't mind seeing a blonde Keanu. I think that would be kind of cool because he's got... You know, I, I believe he's he's of uh, you know um, has some Asian descent in him, um, and so it'd be cool to kind of see that his look with the blonde hair, 
you know. But For whatever. Constantine? Yeah. Actually, he was, that one, one point in time, there was a couple times where he lived across from the studio that Alice Cooper used to record in, so he'd go over there, and Alice Cooper says, yeah, I used to babysit Keanu Reeves. <laughs> so, interesting tidbit there. Um, well, that's about all there is for our show. I think it, it's it, all it's on the cocktail yeah, napkin. It's on the cocktail napkin. So I think we're probably going to have to pitch it um, and write up a new one for next week. But I hope you enjoyed the show. As always, uh, you can go to uh, taps t a p s dot dot com and you can find the amazingly pulp show. Or you can just go to baldmove dot com. You can find our show there. But you can also find uh, Power Play as well as Blue Yonder. Uh, you can go to uh, the amazingly pulp show. On Facebook, uh, look it up. That'll take you to our page, and you can fan us. You can leave any comments there. You can also go to ballmove.com. Sorry, go to the forums and leave us any comments there, and we'll find them as well. I know some people are a little hesitant about signing up, but with a username and password on the site, the site's legit, um, so it's all good. Uh, but if you don't want to do that, you can always, and you're on Facebook, you can go to the Amazingly Pulp Show, uh, look for the logo with the girl, the gun, and the truck, and leave us a comment. We're love to have some uh, talk stuff to talk about with the uh, listeners and I think next week we're going to be on um, iTunes so look for us there I'll give you the link next show uh, we're also on Twitter just look for the amazingly PS um, that is all one word lowercase the amazingly PS you can hit us there with any type of messages or anything you want us to talk about news movies reviews comics music entertainment we'll hit it um, I think that's about it. You got anything? So, no. Got anything you want to like go out of the show with? Yeah. <laughs> Oh, we're totally getting sued.